Monday of game week, it's just different. It hits different. It feels different. It's uh, something that has been in my blood my whole life. So when you listen to Red Dirt music, it's like that last Rebel sound to me. It is a combination of uh, southern rock and jazz and uh, bluegrass. And and for Skip Bayless to come out and say, I don't feel bad for him and kind of belittle him and say, how dare you? How dare you as the leader of America's team show weakness? Honestly, I want to say what I want to say. This is the Sam Mays Podcast. It's a Sam Mays Podcast episode zero, and I'm Sam Mays. This is the first episode zero of this podcast. Uh, it's a special episode. This is the beginning of season number two, and I am joined today by someone that's very, very special to me, Miss Brittany Prince, who is my girlfriend. How are you? I'm a little nervous. I'm stress sweating. I'm not going to lie. It's okay. I'm always sweating, so there's that. That's true. Yeah. At least I have an excuse. Right. My pulse is elevated. I have bubble guts a little. Yeah. Should I walk all of this back and just be like, oh my gosh, I'm so great. No. Happy to be here. No. I think 20 seconds into the podcast and you described your bubble guts, I think is where we're on point. Okay, cool. Yeah. This is where we need to be. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, This episode is kind of about me and us and what this has been um, as far as figuring out what we want to say on the Sam Mays podcast and kind of what it's all about. It's a kind of a reinvention, right? We are, what do we call it in the, what do you call it in the marketing industry, babe? We are rebranding. Oh yeah. Total rebrand. Total rebrand of the Sam Mays podcast. I had a rough year uh, to say the least. And I think the podcast was more of an outlet uh, for me to kind of be ridiculous and whatever, not necessarily. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kind (laughs) of Um, help me, help me. Um, But yeah, definitely back on track and and feeling pretty good about the future of this and uh, just the future in general. So I've got Brittany here because she is a big part of my life and you guys will hear from her throughout this podcast this season and every season that we're going to have from here on out. You know, she will be a part of the conversations that family stuff and kids stuff and fun stuff and, you know, all the stuff as she shakes her head now. All the stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a a lot of stuff. There is. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of stuff. 100 miles an hour. Yeah, all the time. Yep. Work stuff, kid stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Football season. Oh, football season. Oh, football season. The sportsing is back. The sportsing is back. Mm-hmm. Here's after this podcast, we're going to go climb in the bed and I'm going to turn on the football game and Brittany's going to take her phone and plan every future house that we will ever own and decorate it while That's watching right. the football Pinterest. game. <laughs> Pinterest junkie. Nice. Good stuff. All right. So what we want to do is, uh, Brittany's going to interview me. I do not know what these questions are. Yeah. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. Um, this is meant to kind of give you guys a little insight of who I am. Uh, and I'm super excited about this. Like I've been giddy about this for a week. I'm Um, I'm not, I'm so, I'm so nervous. Yeah. You don't sound nervous though. You look hot too. The headset. Stop. You do. I don't want to hear it. Don't make this weird. It's like the little GIF or GIF or whatever people want to call it that I put on last Twitter last night, and it was like, describe this image for the visually impaired. Yeah. Which also didn't make sense, because it was like, how am I going to describe it in words? <laughs> I don't 
I don't maybe there's talk to text. I, I don't know. I'm not trying to be offensive with that, but uh, I feel like that's what you just did. Like you just described this for the visually impaired and you lied to them. I, so false. Yeah, it was completely Fake mis- news. You completely misled them. No. Recently I put a photo of, uh, I'm a member of this group called the Fat Guys Group on Facebook. And it's just like five or 6,000 guys who uh, pick pictures of their, their food that they're cooking. And it's very funny because it's really versatile. It's not like just meat. It's cakes and whatever <laughs> these guys are doing. Like I was kind of blown. I'm like, this is like art. These guys are like in the kitchen actually cooking. But uh, part of the fun of it is, you know, we, we take the picture of the food and a lot of the times wives and girlfriends, you know, for the, for the aesthetic, which I know is a, is a thing now for the aesthetic of the photo. And uh, so Brittany took a picture with some ribs and the comments were fantastic. Um, I, I promise you, you are not unfortunate looking. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no. I, a good, I don't know where we're going with this. All right, Britt. Let's, uh, let's do it. I'm ready. Interview okay. me. Shoot. Okay. I feel like you didn't really, like, frame up that, like, the interview. No, part. I'm just going to, like, jump into, like, here's question number one. He told me to come up with five questions, guys. Yeah, how many do you have? I've never, I've never performed an interview before in my life. You've never it's interviewed a, anybody? No. And I feel like we should give this disclaimer so people aren't, like, saying mean things to me in the comments afterwards because I'm going to cry myself to sleep at night. People are probably going to say mean things because people are just mean. Mean. Yeah. So, especially on Twitter, I don't like it there. I know. Okay, I'll do it. Um, and I feel like when we kind of talked about this, you... They put it on, on it. <gasps> on the microphone. Fine. Well, you gave me the broken one, so I have to do all this work and hold it like a peasant. Why don't we just move it forward? There you go. Is that going to help? That helps now a I lot. Can mo- okay. Um, so we kind of talked about, you. I got you stuck on this discovery. You got so excited. Yeah. Right. We're going to have a discovery meeting. Right now? No, no, no. Oh, when yeah. we did it, when we did it, you were so excited. I'm Punt. like, we're going to have it. We're going to have a discovery. You're going to hate it, but it's going to be funny. It'll be great. Uh, and that's kind of where this whole rebranding thing was birthed from, right? Your discovery meeting. And then you tried to have discovery meetings with everyone that you saw for the next two weeks. You're like, I did a discovery meeting with them, babe. (laughs) It was so good. This is what I found out. And I was like, that sounds like a conversation more than a discovery (laughs) meeting, but yes, I love it. Um, But it all, it all, so it all kind of happened. I remember we were laying in bed and you were just super frustrated about like work that day, the radio gig and the podcast frustration and stuff on Twitter and blah, blah, blah. And I'd asked you what I thought was a very simple question. And I said, well, what do you want to say? And so this isn't one of my questions, but I want you to very briefly just quickly let people know what it was. Like, and I'm thinking, well, he's going to tell me what he wants to say. And instead I got... Yeah, so the question kind of triggered something, right? What do I want to say? And uh, I looked at her and I said, I've only been asked that one other time in my life. And I remember the exact day. It was in the press conference before the Alamo Bowl my senior year in college. And I had been one of the most talked to players in Oklahoma State in my four years and uh, had a bright future in football. And Robert Allen, who is covers, still covers Oklahoma State football, says to me, well, you've answered every question I've ever asked you. Why don't you just say what you want to say? You know, what do you want to say to, to the people out there? And I, and I, it was the most shocking moment for me. It was, was shocking for you when again, I asked you. Right. Like you, lo- you were like, what? Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. You know, there's so much focus in, in what I do on the radio and, and sports. And, um, you know, I, I've learned to 
shape my conversation and all those things. And, and, but I've never really just said what I wanted to, I just what was right or what I needed to or, um, and so yeah, I'm sitting in bed and I'm like, I I have no idea. I've done 75 podcasts. (laughs) Well, and not just podcast, but literally, I mean, how many tweets do you have out? Right. How many, like so much content right over the last decade and I asked you, what do you, I mean, it was just, I, you were shocked, then I was shocked, and I, it, bo- so it bothered me, you know, and I, I really thought, and not bothered me in a bad way, but it just, I think it, it kind of birthed a lot of, of things in both of us, where we right. kind of thought, well, maybe we need to actually explore what are we doing in life, and with ourselves, and, you know, with the things that we've been given, in our platforms, and so on and so forth, so, but I thought, why, like, why is this still the case, right? Like back at when you were playing football, that made sense to me, but why is it still happening? And we talked about that a little bit more, but you know, I, I kind of wondered um, if you, if you kind of struggled with an answer because this isn't the life you planned for yourself. And it's right. almost just like, you know, you're going with the flow. Right. That That's a hundred percent accurate. If you would have asked me, uh, in 2004, prior to my senior year of college, uh, I was first team preseason All American and projected early second round pick. Uh, I had never been hurt in my entire life and wasn't planning on getting hurt anytime soon. And uh, I was going to play in the NFL for as long as I wanted to. I was going to be a Pro Bowler and a Hall of Famer, and I was going to be that. My family's got a rich tradition in football. I would be. I was going to be the one to do it to finally complete all of it, uh, and uh, that was the plan. Right. And you're 100% right that after that plan failed, there was a two-year period where I literally did nothing but drink and dumb shit. And someone said, why don't you try Sports Talk Radio? And I was working a random job, and I was like, okay. And it went from one episode a week for a month to a full-time gig from three to six uh, with about 600 listeners in Stillwater to moving to Oklahoma City and, and attacking it um, in, a, you know, in a top 50 market in the United States. And I just kind of, it's all it just was the path that I was kind of put on. Right. But but a path that had goals and things that I thought were, I, I said, well, I can be good at this. And that's kind of all I, you know, it's all it took. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Ridiculous. So, I, so walking it back a little bit, and we laughed about this before because I was like, you're going to answer all of my questions with like one question. And so that's sort of what's happened. But I, to take it back just a little bit mm-hmm. of the, the mindset that you had, right? Like I'm on cloud nine. This is what I'm going to, it's all playing out. So a, a ton of work, your whole life, right? And it's not like you just woke up and were a great football player. Right. right? I mean, it's like you've sacrificed so much and you've put in all the work and you have all this freak ability and all the cards are falling into like, it's great and it's awesome. I'm imagining that you were on cloud nine, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Is, like you said it, I'm going to be the one in right. my family and I'm going to do all these things. Did you in those moments ever have a plan B or were you just so certain, which is like your personality. I would assume that you just were like, no, that's it. Like I, I did, I did the damn thing. Like here we're going. But like, did you in that moment have a plan B at all? Or was it like, oh, after I finish football, maybe I'll be a teacher someday or a coach, you know, when I'm old and my body is broken entirely. From my wheelchair. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, you know, yes, I've, I've always, I don't know that, it, I can't call this a plan B because in my brain, it wasn't going to happen until after plan A happened. Right. Right. So I, let me say, I remember being about 10 or 12 and my dad telling me, 
you know, you got to have a plan. You're going to go to school. You're going to get your education. So after football, you're going to do these things. And I remember being that age and my father's voice booming in my ear and anything that he said was the gospel, right? right. Got you, dad, mm-hmm. right? And then eight years later, a hundred plus games later, and you're four months away from perfection. You're four months away from getting $15 million signing bonus. You're four months away from your family's dreams and your kids' dreams and your grandchildren. Like you're four months away. Like I felt invincible. So that, that, that B plan of, and like you said, I mean, I've always wanted to teach and I see myself teaching now and I've always wanted to coach. I love coaching. Coaching is just not, there's no money in it, (laughs) you know, like unless I was going to go to, so it's always something I plan on doing even to this day. But, uh, honestly, no, I mean, it was just, I'm going to go play football, right? Right. I'm going to go do that. And I'm four months from, from getting it done. Right. And so you kind of like walked us through two years of crazy. Yeah. Someone suggested some radio. Jack Morgan. I'll never forget it. Right. You end up on this path Mm -hmm. and you've, you, so you roll with it, right? Like you're just like all adults do almost. So, right. Like we all kind of get thrust into adulting and we're like well that's not really what I but yours just obviously on a much larger scale right but I'm I'm wondering after you've spent this this 10 years now in media and doing what you're doing and you're brilliant at it and you're great and you have you know a very devout following and probably equally as many people that just hate your guts right which is awesome yeah it means that you're moving and stirring people up but you know do you f- thank you for mentioning the, the hate my guts part you know that makes me warm and fuzzies well, I saw how excited you were. I was pumped. Like, I lit up. Yes. Like, you're a little kid at Christmas. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, did it feel like settling? Has it felt like settling? Did it in the beginning and did that change? You know, has it always just, or was it, is it more like I didn't acknowledge it because I'm just moving with life? So, I think it's probably more I didn't acknowledge it because I'm just moving with life. At the same time, the industry that I'm in, I'm, I'm that person that I, I want to make money. I want to be rich one day like everybody else wants to. But I like being, I like winning things. And I like being recognized for things. And I like being a star. I right. just do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, God, it sounds so narcissistic, but Ew. I just I like that. You. And so to think, okay, so I went from Stillwater, and I swear to you, it's 600 listeners, and I promise you, this 300 of them hated me. Uh, easy, easy 50, 50 split there, maybe even 60, 40 towards the hate, uh, to doing one, like, this is how my, I've never applied for a job. Not one time. Awesome. Okay. Must be nice. So I, I got an opportunity to do a pregame show with the the sports animal in Oklahoma city. And after one pregame show, I was hired that next Monday. The guy's like, I got to have you, you come fill in for us. Um, so keep in mind, I was making 600 bucks every two weeks in Stillwater and working at a day like donuts in the middle of the night just to get extra money. And definitely not the life I saw myself living after, you know, right. Being great <laughs> forever. And now I am leaving the bar at two walking down the strip in Stillwater. Shout out to Lloyd who owns that daylight donuts at the end and opening the back door hammered right, and making donuts all night and going home at six. Right. Right. Taking a nap. And at this point getting up the guys at the animal took more vacation. It was great for me. I ended up making like 40 grand on these guys just on base filling spots. And, and so I go down there and do my show at like 11, come back up to Stillwater, do my show from three to six and just repeat. Right. That's what right. I was doing. But there was a, there was more recognition. 
Oh right. wait, wait, I'm I'm on the air now with Jim Traber and I'm on the air now with Mark Rogers and and these people love these phone calls and be, the style of sports talk that they do is so conducive to my personality. I like to ask questions, answer questions. And I like to tell people stories and I like to um, help them understand things. Like it's just a cool way to do it. Thrive there. You know, next thing you know, I'm doing radio for the franchise and I have my own show and um, from nine to noon. And that's one of the worst spots in radio, right? One of the worst spots from an advertising right. standpoint. I'm sure. not making any extra money. I'm right. probably the low man of the totem pole. And uh, Tony Casillas, you know, former Dallas Cowboy great and Oklahoma Sooner great. We had the uh, evening show and, but there was a path there for me. Right. Well, if I'm, if I'm good at this, I'll get promoted. Right. right. I get one of the drive time spots, which Casillas had a huge name and Mike Steely is a god around here in sports talk radio. Right. So I can win this. Mm-hmm. So I push all that. I don't want to be doing this or not necessarily don't want to be doing it, but I, I didn't think of myself right. doing this because I have right. a goal to, to, you know, to chase. To win. Yeah, to win. And yeah. I ended up getting that drive time spot and here we are today and I'm getting anxious. Right. Like I'm in the drive time spots and I've won a couple of times. I compete uh, pretty well with one of the hundred most influential hosts in the country. And I'm getting anxious because I want to do more. What's next? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You kind of conquered it a little. Right. And not, and not to say that. There's know, no room to grow. Right. Sure. Right. Right. Just another adventure. So it all, so I. I'm wondering, did you ever stop and think like, this is what I'm doing and it, and have that moment where it's like, or was it just one win to the next win and yeah, this works and I'm good at it. Or have you ever stopped and thought now, like obviously this wasn't plan B and it's not something you envisioned for yourself and you've been doing it so long. Did it just kind of like become part of your identity or did you ever stop and be like, man, this is kind of cool as shit that I do this or how did I end up here or, you know. So there's enough praise and um there's enough there's so many moments in this where you feel like great about yourself and fans getting it and understanding it when you get things right like I I predicted uh, Baker Mayfield would be the first pick in the draft in like late October and I had every local media member in the state point and laugh like not even subtly like just ripping me on social media the whole nine yards because how could this six foot hundred nothing pound kid find his way to be the first round draft pick. And I said, right. wait and watch. Oh, I remember. And I sat in Dallas. Listen, I remember. <laughs> yeah, I sat in <laughs> Dallas. And uh, I remember sitting next to my co-host, co-host uh, Kobe Daniels, and and I, I'm gritting my fist. Like, his mother wasn't as tense as I was in this moment before they announced that first pick. And when they said Baker Mayfield, I could have got up and humped everybody <laughs> in that room. Right. Just like, because <laughs> it's just like, that's such a huge win. Right. right? Um. So there's always something like that that gives you nerves, that makes you excited. Like, you know how I am. This week I've been ridiculous. Why? Because it's football season. And, right. like, this is, like, my – this is my shit. Like, I'm great at this. Not good at it. I'm getting to be great at it. Right. And so I would say there's always those moments that allow me to be excited about this job. And then COVID hits. Right. And I lose a bunch of revenue. And the job grinds to a halt. Right. No sports. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in this room with this kid who six years ago was my first intern. And he's my new co-host. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do now? Right. right. And I started to think, how did I get here? Right. To this moment. And 
that will take you some places, right? Some roads that are uh, not so fun, some roads that are painful, some memories that just kind of suck. And I am just have always been one of those people that would rather uh, stew on my own and just shove it down in my guts and never talk about it than, uh, than tell people how I'm feeling. And COVID has been tough. Right. Right. Super tough. Um, I, I love my job and I love Oklahoma City. And I love the people that are a part of my everyday life and the listeners and all those things. Uh, but there's, I want more, right? Right. I just do. And enter, enter Brittany in what, March? Was it yeah. March or April? March. March. Yeah, yeah, late March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my dad, who is a very smart man, um, without me saying anything, probably recognized that I was struggling a little bit. And he had known that Brittany and I had a, a relationship. We worked together and, um, and he, you know, I had spoken to him about you and, and he reaches out. He didn't ask me. And, <laughs> and, you know, long story short, um, here we are. He did. Yeah. He, I'm a little worried about, yeah. about him. Right. And, you know, it's one of those, um, you know, I, I grew up going to Second Baptist Church and, and, uh, my grandmother is super devout and my grandfather was a deacon in the church and my father and mother did their very best to keep us in it as long as they could. Uh, as a family, and over the years, I kind of drifted away, not necessarily with purpose, but just did, you know. Right, sure. And over the last few months, you kind of think to yourself, "This is like one of those God moments where right. I was getting ready to drown," and here you come, and just with our relationship being what it is, and you know, it just things have just a, a total one eighty, right. right? From spiraling downhill to uh, excited to look over the next peak right. to find hopefully another one to scale. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So thankful yeah. for you. Well, thanks. I'm thankful <laughs> for you too. Uh, kind of going back to the, the COVID thing and things slowing down, it's almost like you had a moment to breathe and then realize like your life. Right. Right. Um, but in, in, that moment and and with a lot of other things the climate of things have changed drastically you weren't the only one that slowed down and realized what life was right everyone is paying attention a little bit more and so there's a lot of unrest and there's a lot of really big conversations happening that have never happened before and I I've watched you kind of um get a little bit more freedom and a little bit more certainty and a little bit more so all of these things are happening do you feel like now that you do have a little bit more freedom in maybe expressing how you feel about things other than sports, you know, has that in any way changed your perspective on your media career at all or what it might turn into? Yeah. So great question. Um, I, yes, absolutely. You know, you feel, I feel more empowered um, in the position I'm in now than ever. And I kind of feel more responsibility. You know, I would, I have said this to you. I know I have that I've, I've often felt complicit over the last six months uh, for, for being an African-American man in a position to have an impact daily and reach someone daily. And I chose not to. And I wish I could tell you that it wasn't actively chose not to, but it was. I am a uh, mid-30s at the time, or 30-year-old, you know, black 
radio host in Oklahoma City. And I'm I'm promoted to a drive time spot, and I'm told, well, now you got to go beat Jim Traber, who is a 55 or older year old white guy who is one of the most influential radio hosts in the country. Right. And the audience I'm competing for with him looks like him, mm-hmm. sounds like him, from the same places that he's from, not even from here. Mm-hmm. So now we've got to find a way to get those people <laughs> To switch the dial to listen to the 30-year-old black kid from Ohio that went to Oklahoma State, not OU. Right. And not only that, but happened to play on the teams that were beating OU. Right. And I'm not even remotely quiet about it. Right? I'm just not. I'm not bowing down to you dudes. We used to kick your ass. Right. You know? And so it's like now, okay, Sam, what do I need to do to get these people to, to like you? Well, it's embrace Oklahoma, which easy, wasn't easy. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, whatever. I, we were in a parking lot two years ago. I don't even remember where we were at. And you just randomly were like, you know, it just really feels like home. And I had just moved from Texas. I want to throw up in my mouth. I was yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> no way. But yeah, you've been love struck for a while now. Yeah. Good old I mean, Oklahoma. There's just some cool people here, you know, yeah. and there's a bunch of random stories and life is simple here mm-hmm. in Oklahoma at times. And when I want to be simple, I go to simple places and I go out to Kingfisher, see my buddy blue, or I go out right. to Okarchi or I go out to Weatherford and I drink beer in fields and just dick around with guns and you know what I mean? Like, it's just right. a, like, it's just a, it's, it's a very easy place. Um, so yeah, that was simple. The music, the culture, the food, like I, yeah, I'm in with that. And it, and it wasn't a fake, it's, I'm not faking that. Right. I'll go noodle. <laughs> oh, I'll go to your rattlesnake festival. Sign mm-hmm. me up, you know? Um, to the point that I've, I've, and during this time, I feel like I'm obligated as much as I am obligated to talk about uh, the social justice conversation and civil rights and, uh, what it is to be a black man. I, I'm, I find myself actively defending Oklahomans a lot of the time too, because just because you're white and from a small town in Oklahoma and live a simple life does not mean you're racist. I got a bunch of people that I hang out with that are just like that. And I think a lot of people look at places like Oklahoma in Texas and just assume, well, that's the, that's the wild west and you know white people don't you know and indians and like it's just it's just like the stigma that's not a hundred percent accurate are there racist people in oklahoma fuck yes you and i see them every day sure we hear about it every day Mm -hmm. i get calls to my station every day like that's a thing but you know i've i've found i hate it for my friends like wes sims who's from weatherford and he's a big old country boy and he's just a great guy and for anybody to think oh he's from oklahoma Surely he's he doesn't like me because the color of my skin. It just it kind of drives me nuts a little bit. But sure. yeah, Oklahomans are cool, man. I, you know, it's just uh, they have their own style and flair. And Oklahoma is not Texas. Like I cannot tell you. And Brittany will love this. But like Texas is a badass place with a bunch of badass people, a bunch of badass cities. Love Texas, but Oklahoma is not Texas. Preach. Yeah, and and so <laughs> I I want people to understand that like Oklahomans are unique. You know, they just are. This is not the South, um, like you would think of Georgia or Bama or whatever. And this is not Texas. It's Oklahoma. So you are you are feeling different about your media career yeah, in a nutshell. For sure. You, you're thinking maybe it might might change or. Yeah, I mean, I. I really, I, the growth even or the freedom of it all has to feel good. Have you felt anxious 
through it or has it felt natural and you're excited about it or is it more like I'm obligated and so I have to? I, I don't, man, I hate to say I feel obligated. It's fine to feel obligated. You feel obligated to do the right thing. Yeah. I feel obligated to do the right thing. And so it makes me very anxious. What's the Spider-Man thing? With uh, great power comes great responsibility. There you go. Right. So maybe responsibility is a better word than obligation. Yeah. I feel, yes. I feel responsible. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a guy reach out today on Facebook. We're going to have dinner at some farm here in a few weeks. I like farms. Yeah. And he said, you know, you've been an excellent role model for my sons. And he says, you know, I've got a adopted two adopted black sons and I've got a I'm Hispanic and my wife is white and like it's just this big blended mixed family and he's like you really have been great over the last few months and with some of the things that you said for my kids and I'm like that's amazing yeah, yeah. like I'm like thank you like that's awesome right we're gonna buy tickets to this thing you know it's, it's fantastic <clears throat> to the farm yeah it's like a, buy tickets to the farm it's like a real thing like it's like a planned heavy dinner like i think we're gonna go get like treated like yeah yeah they got like we're eating the beef that's walking around the tables apparently oh yeah okay. well, you know i like visuals that's hot i don't even oh. <laughs> you're telling me this steak was walking around there like an hour ago oh, yes lord it's fresh yes it's fresh beef i'm here for it yeah okay so i'm kind of like circling back to the beginning here we're gonna get right. back on track Stop the, talking about beef for a second. I like beef, though. I know that. Well, we could start talking about food, and then we're it's never going to get done. Right. And I'm not going to get, like, my big moment here. Okay. So we kind of started the conversation and walked through it all, and it goes back to the, the question. So as we've walked through these past six months, and they've been hard, I think, to pretend like they haven't been difficult, and we haven't spent a lot of times, like, no, that's not it. Screw it. Or let's just go back to what we're comfortable with. Or, you know, you wake up some days and you're like, I don't want any of this. Right. right? You just want things to be like normal. Right. Not just pre COVID, but pre responsibilities and pre what, when life is easy and fast paced and you haven't stopped and thought about shit. Right. Like everything is broken. And what am I supposed to do? What's my role here? Um, and so before you didn't know what you wanted to say. And I think, We've had a lot of conversations about it now. So I am going to end my very first interview of all time with the Sam Mays. It was such an honor and privilege. I love this. With what do you want to say? <laughs> I um, I will use the podcast frequently to talk about social justice and to talk about um, conversations that are pertinent to helping my kids have a better existence so they don't have to worry about some of the same things that I have, right? The podcast will definitely be uh, headed in that direction and it'll be a part of the conversation for, for, for the episodes. I had a great interview with Pete uh, Mundo here this week and we've had a lot of con- talk about, we talked a lot about, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the charity stuff and his position with all of this and how he's handled it and kneeling and all the, like that's, we're going to talk about it because the conversation needs to continue and it needs to be a part of our everyday life. And I'm going to do my part through this podcast to help continue that conversation. And we're going to talk sports because 
I love sports and I love competition and I want to fight it for some reason. I've spent the last four years telling Brittany I don't like dessert. And anytime she puts something sweet in front of my face, I eat it. Yeah, what a liar you are. Clearly, I like desserts. Yeah, you do, man. <laughs> and so, you really do. Um, I like sports and not all sports equally. I like competition and I like athletes that will push themselves to pass out. So football and, and, and hockey and, you know, there's just, there's some sports that I just truly appreciate the athletes that play them. And there's others that there's moments that I'm, you know, I, I'm just going to let you know, I'm going to rip the NBA every chance that I get. And we're going to have some conversation about why the league is broken and baseball, where it's going the leadership. Like I hate, I hate, hate watching baseball on TV, love going to the ballpark and park and watching it. And I am fucking disturbed at how the leadership in our one of our oldest and most prestigious games just allowed the World Series to be fixed. <laughs> Babe. Don't get distracted. I'm just telling round. you. Please do not fall down this route. So, like, we're going to talk about those things. Listen, be... baseball governs itself. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we're just going to keep noting <laughs> that line, all right? And we're going to move forward. Nice. Um, but, yeah, so we'll talk sports and we'll talk, you know, things that I enjoy doing. You know, I think that podcasting is easy listening. I think podcast listeners... Uh, want to feel like they are in the room with you and and they want to hear a story and I like telling stories so we're going to talk to a bunch of guests that have stories to tell whether they are musicians or artists or athletes you know politicians um, whatever my dad will make an appearance Brittany's going to be a part yeah. of it um, you know we're, we're just going to kind of just talk about things that are uh, are things that I enjoy things that are fun and, and I think there's a lot of you out there that are listening to this podcast because you like me for some reason so, as Brittany shakes her head, no. So, <laughs> yeah, it's um, Yeah, so that's, that's it, you know. And, and then when things come up, you know, the one thing that I will really try to do here in season two is when things come up, I don't know if I want to do this to you. <laughs> one of the most ridiculous stories I've covered in a long time. I don't know if you have read anything about Odell Beckham Jr., here in the last couple of days, have I you? I have not. No, not. I was like, ever? What yeah. if I live under a rock? Yes. But no, not in the last couple of days. So, because Brittany is very much the lady uh, and very much a Texas lady, and there is a difference, y'all. Like, a real difference. I'm going to skirt around this <laughs> on this podcast. Oh, no. When we get in the, leave there, I'll tell you what's up, and we'll have a real raw conversation. But right now. Yeah, let's just not go down the rabbit hole. So, what, there was, hold on. No. So, hold on. There was a young lady. Okay who said that he uh, was interested in some things that were a little unorthodox. Cool. Okay. Um, private snacks. Private snacks, and he likes them very old and dirty. Okay. Smelly private snacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for things like that, that I have, because. I'm sorry, are you trying to tell me that oh, this is Odell's thing now? That's his and, thing. And it's out in the... It's out, Babe, it's on Twitter. You can Google it. Like, I saw someone put an Odell Beckham... <laughs> an Odell Beckham figurine underneath the toilet seat with his hands like he's catching a football. Okay, okay. Yeah, so people are, like, loving this. The conversation is crazy on social media, which mm-hmm. I cannot wait to hear you comment on those things later. But... um yeah, so like we're gonna, I'm gonna use the podcast stream a lot. So like stuff like that, where you know I can't say what I want to say in the radio, it might be a two minute deal where I'm like, 
Did you hear about Odell Beckham? I've got to get this off yeah, my I've chest. Got, yeah, yes. so like I'm going to just use it for what sure. I want to. And sometimes they're going to be. Dirty. It won't be. A, <laughs> just use it. Just use it. Absolutely. This is not the answer I was expecting. I'm going to follow up and be like, in one sentence, what right. do you want to say? Oh, you're getting like deep here. Well, no, I loved it because you kind of used it to pitch the next season, which I yeah. was like, cool. I love that take. But give me a, or an elevator pitch. What do you want to say? Not what do you want to say on the podcast? Right, what do you want to say? What do you want to say? Like, this is still my question to you. I look at you every day, and I feel like you're full of so much. And it's so much, I could use a lot of words there, depending on your mood. But. Honestly, I want to say what I want to say. I want to say what I want to say. I, no matter what it is, I'm always got an opinion. I think you and I are extremely opinionated people. We are very uh, unfiltered and to the point type of people. We have some awesome conversations together and it really is the foundation of our relationship. I want to have those conversations with a lot of people. Who are you? Why are you this way? Right. You know, and those people will be athletes and artists and all the things like I mentioned before. And it's just going to be kind of like, I'd like discovery. Mm-hmm. How ridiculous is this? I hate you right now. <laughs> You're so proud of yourself. No, it's just oh. so learning and growing. That's what I'm, that's my jam. In yeah. Life. So I'm glad that you're like, let's do it. Yeah. So that's it. You guys are going to be along for the ride. Um, I thank you to the, the people that survived season one. And uh, those are your stands for real stands for real. We're going to grow together in season two. The Sam Mays podcast is a production of P squared media.